Clay Dover took an interesting step to learn about delivery. Hello, I'm Jonathan Mays, the executive editor of Restaurant Business Magazine, and this week's edition of A Deeper Dive features Clay Dover, the CEO of the 13-unit taco chain Velvet Taco. Clay talks about his short stint as a delivery driver to figure out how the chain should provide the service. It worked. Delivery has become a big sales generator. We discussed delivery and the impact of takeout overall on his company and on the restaurant business in general. We also talk about how the chain sources some of its unique products and how Velvet Taco plans to continue its growth. Please have a listen. Okay, I am here with Clay Dover. Clay, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Appreciate you having me on. So, all right, tell us a little bit what's going on with Velvet Taco. You're at 13 locations, and uh, how are things going? 13 locations, and uh, we have several more under construction for this year. Uh, it's going very well. Uh, we have a high average unit volume. People like tacos and, uh, and margaritas, surprisingly enough. But uh, we are continuing to grow. Uh, we are in some major cities where we have some growth room. And, um, you know, things are going really well right now. Mm-hmm. Tell, me, tell us a little bit about, you know, what your growth strategy is. I mean, are you, do you plan to just kind of focus on the, the cities where you're in right now or where? Yeah, so we're in uh, Dallas, Houston, Chicago. Uh, we just started growing in Atlanta. We're also in Austin, and Charlotte is our last restaurant that we opened. Uh, if you think about it, those are the four of the top 10 uh, cities in U.S. size. We'll continue to grow in those markets. And then uh, our strategy calls for one new market each year. So we'll continue to grow in new markets where uh, the demographics match up with uh, where where we are headed as a brand, but uh, we, we think that this brand has got national expansion opportunities, and uh, really the runway is pretty wide open as far as the upper-end taco uh, world. Mm-hmm. Why do you think it has national uh, n- uh, national potential? You know, Velvet Taco, for those of uh, the listeners that are unaware of it, um, you know, we focus on uh, a chef-driven concept with uh, real international flavors. Uh, we have things like chicken tikka marsala, tacos. We have uh, several vegetarian items. Uh, we have an Angus uh, uh, roast, uh, Angus beef uh, taco that's amazing. Um, we really feel that there's an opportunity for that uh, top end where consumers are very curious. If you think about it, uh, you can come to a Velvet Taco and try something uh, that you've never tried before. And our tacos are about 4 or $5. Uh, and without spending a lot of money, you can experience an Ethiopian flavor or um, several different varieties through our weekly taco feature. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a great thing, I think, about tacos is that it's really flexible. You can do so much with, with, with a taco. It's not even funny. Yeah, no, you can put anything in a taco. Uh, we have a variety. We, we have uh, what we call WTF, which is our weekly taco feature. So each week we have chef-inspired uh, tacos, and it gives us that uh, innovation pipeline to be able to grow uh, and to offer several things. This week in our restaurants we have a keto uh, taco, um, which is, you know, instead of a tortilla, it's got an egg frittata with cheese encrusted on it. It's got bacon. It's got avocados. I mean, it's, it's an amazing taco, and it's there for a week. And um, it also allows us to understand what the consumers want and allows us to stay on the front end of uh, flavor trends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, the I probably don't need to tell you that the taco market in particular is very competitive. So you're going to be 
expanding into you know into a space that has you know a number there are a number of of, of growth chains out there there are some some certainly established players that uh, definitely play in the taco market tell us a little bit about you know I mean what's your sense of the competitive set yeah I mean uh, if you look at uh, tacos were introduced in the uh, fast food tacos were introduced by Glenn Bell back in the in the 70s um, you know, recently over the last 20 plus years, Chipotle has introduced kind of that, that fresh, more burrito driven, but fresh Mexican in a fast casual uh, setting. Uh, and, and there's a lot of regional players. So uh, as we go into individual markets, there's mom and pop uh, restaurants, there's smaller regional chains. Um, but the, the competitive landscape, we feel, um, has some opportunity for us to grow. And, um, you know, we, we, we don't have any... Um, challenges as far as going into existing markets uh, and expanding our brand and and being right next to other taco chains uh, we think that we've got a bit of a different uh, twist to things uh, we have uh, global flavors in every taco they're chef inspired um, you know we did a sriracha cricket taco a few weeks ago there's not too many chains out there that do that Mm-hmm. That's a what? Cricket? A sriracha cricket taco. Uh, and it actually had sriracha crickets on the top. And uh, it actually sold pretty well. I think it was a little bit more of the, I got to try this for 450 and tell my friends that I had crickets for, uh, for lunch in my taco. But, uh, you know, our chefs, uh, our chef, uh, Chef Graham Morgan, um, we, he collaborates with several different chefs. We have um, over 200 recipes that we um, rotate in and out and we're always uh, partnering up with other other chefs and uh, looking for things that are early on in the in the flavor um, kind of trajectory as far as trends mm-hmm. so um, how did you source the cricket <laughs> you know there's this amazing thing called Amazon really? uh, uh, fortunately at 13 restaurants we can still uh, we can still call on that broadline distributor called Amazon um, but uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're, we, we still try to be scrappy and find things. Uh, we've got a partner, Dot Foods, that uh, supplies us with a variety of other interesting meats and other specialty items. And, um, you know, we're, we're kind of in that sweet spot where we're 13 restaurants. Um, we're able to get some purchasing power, but at the same time, we can still be nimble. Uh, we went to the flavor conference, the chef and I, and we heard all about, um, you know, a certain... Uh, row being on tacos and two weeks later we were putting it on our tacos and uh, you know uh, it's it's a fun place to be and uh, consumers really seem to align to the fact that um, you know they want to be exploratory they want to try things um, you know the 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 millennial group that's coming out today they want to try something new they want to try new flavors and uh, the v- beauty of Velvet Taco is, it, you know, look, if you try uh, Sriracha Cricket Tacos and you don't like it, you spent four fifty. It's not a complete dinner out. And, uh, you know, you can tell your friends that you had crickets for lunch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a relatively low-risk uh, proposition. Absolutely. Right, right, right. So it, I think it's interesting that you can still, that you're still small enough that you actually can source products off Amazon. Yeah, don't, don't, uh, don't spread that around. We're trying to get out of that. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, it is, uh, it is interesting uh, when we look at uh, the best way to get things in our restaurants. Um, sometimes Amazon is the answer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So t- tell us a little bit, um, uh, you know, I pretty much ask every operator this. Um, tell us a little bit about what, what, what's going on on the technology front. What are you doing? Yeah, so 
technology is huge. Uh, one of the things that we've done, uh, I've been with the brand now almost three years, and we've been layering in technology across the board in a variety of uh, places. Um, you know, I think our biggest initiative right now, we made the decision to, uh, to go to a new POS system uh, from a prior uh, POS system, a legacy system. We made that decision at nine restaurants and uh, are converting over to Toast, uh, cloud-based. It gives us a lot, of, uh, a lot of options at the restaurant level. It's very user-friendly. Um, we've been very pleased with that partnership. Uh, you know, from a technology standpoint, we have hot schedules as a partner. Uh, from guest feedback, uh, we utilize Moment Feed. You know, all of the analytics are so important today to be able mm -hmm. to make decisions. When you've got uh, even just the tacos that we move in and out on a weekly basis, to understand how well they sell, uh, the food cost, what impact do they have to the menu, uh, is it going to increase frequency of guests. Um, one of our better selling tacos right now is a chicken and waffle taco. It was originally a, a WTF item. Uh, the shell is made with a waffle, um, kind of a crepe uh, mixture that we created. We took about six months trying to figure it out. It's got an apple, uh, apple slaw in there, uh, chicken tenders, um, pepper bacon, gravy, uh, a reduced uh, down maple syrup. I mean, it's amazing. But we would not have known that it sold as well as it did and what items it took from without uh, the right analytics in place. So we have everything in place that we need to make smart decisions. Uh, and I think that's critical, especially uh, early on in, your, uh, in, the, in the brand's growth. A lot of times, uh, I joined at four restaurants and um, have grown it now to 13. And, you know, sometimes you make decisions based on what you think it is. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you're sitting around a table and tasting tacos and you say, boy, this is great. Well, you know, what Clay Dover thinks is great isn't necessarily what our target consumer thinks is great. So you got to make sure that you get out there, you look at it, you talk to guests, gather up guest feedback utilizing tools that are already there. I mean, you don't have to invest a whole lot of money. Uh, there are free Google analytic tools that are available. Uh, social media is a great place in which to pull from. Uh, and then um, we're also starting to develop our own CRM database. Uh, we've partnered with Wisely, and uh, we have about 100,000 uh, folks in our database. We haven't even started talking to them yet. We're just gathering it up mm -hmm. in anticipation of future needs. Right. So, so you're saying that, um, you know, that the, you know, these, you know, these data tools and this, you know, the information isn't, you know, isn't uh, um, out of reach for, for small chains. No, not at all. Um, I, I think that that's a, a kind of a perception that it's like, well, you know, we're only X amount of restaurants. You just have to determine what you're going to use. I've found in, in some of my prior lives that we have too much technology and too many tools, and we ended up not using them correctly. So my advice is is for small startup chains or, or, or mom and pops, you know, take a look at the things that you want to learn. Find a tool that will work, but they don't have to be expensive. There's things off the shelf that you can utilize, things that can plug and play, and will help really help you move your business forward. Mm-hmm. What, what are your thoughts on delivery? <laughs> mm -hmm. Ah, delivery. Well, considering it's a, a good portion of our business, um, I think it's here to stay. I think it's very interesting. Uh, we at Velvet Taco have been agnostic, so we uh, have integrated with Uber, DoorDash, um, everyone. We continually um, talk to them about getting the best uh, rates possible and the best deals. Uh, in Texas, we have a company called Favor uh, that 
that is a big player in our market there. Um, like guests want convenience. People want uh, food. 37% of our business is taken outside of our restaurant. Mm -hmm. And a large part of that uh, is by third-party delivery. So we've decided to adapt to it. Uh, we've tried to be as uh, simple as, as possible and understanding it. I actually went and uh, was a favorite driver. Um, yeah. uh, I did it unbeknownst to them and uh, really wanted to understand. Uh, this is about a year and a half ago when it first started coming out. Uh, and we've got uh, pickup windows at our restaurants. We actually have a drive-through pickup window at one of our restaurants. We're going to continue to expand that. But what we found is that the delivery drivers have adapted to us and now the delivery drivers are making sure that they're coming through the restaurant that's easiest for them. So I, I think it's here to stay. You're going to obviously see consolidation. Uh, we've recently seen some movement with you know, Grubhub sending out some messages and uh, talking about whether they're going to buy or be bought. Um, we're going to see consolidation, and uh, you know, I expect there'll be two or three main players at the end of the day. But uh, as a restaurateur, we have to adapt, and uh, it's an exciting time. Mm -hmm. I will tell you, I have, uh, I have never seen something impact our industry. I've been doing this now for almost 30 years, starting as a restaurant manager with Chili's. Um, I can't think of anything that is disrupted or impacted our business more than third-party delivery. Right, right. So uh, I want to back up to that part where you said you actually spent time as a delivery <laughs> driver. I have to admit that I did not expect you to say that when you walked in. <laughs> yeah, so when it first came out, you know, uh, my, my board and our executive team are sitting around talking about a year and a half. I'll show you some pictures of me actually delivering the food. My wife was mortified. She was afraid I was going to go end up, you know, delivering <laughs> you know, fries, um, to, uh, our neighbors. Um, I just signed up for favor as a favor driver. Uh, I went and took a class for uh, about a couple hours. I actually still get alerts. Um, uh, anytime that, uh, there's a surge of pricing. Um, I got a t-shirt and a bag and a, and a card and went out and did an evening of training and then they cut me loose. Uh, I will say I only did it for about a day and <laughs> um, but it really was able to allow me to sit in the in the driver's seat, uh, literally, and understand what an Uber driver goes through, what a favor driver goes through. Um, and, um, you know, it's tough. Um, it's uh, guests want their food. And, uh, you know, I think it's too many times we sit, whether it's in a board meeting or whether it's in our office. I mean, look. I sit in an office all day. Mm -hmm. I, I don't make money. I try to get out to the restaurants and encourage the team and, and see things. But, you know, sometimes we make decisions and, um, you know, we're sitting there debating how much, how much does a food delivery driver make? And what about this? What about that? I'm like, well, let's just try it. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I went out and tried it. And um, I'll show you some of the pictures. It was uh, rather comical. I asked some pretty uh, in-depth questions, I think, at the training where mm -hmm. uh, the trainee was the trainer was looking at me kind of quizzically, um, <laughs> but it definitely is a, a an interesting niche of our industry for sure. Right, right. Everybody should spend time on the front lines. Oh, absolutely, nice absolutely. I, I make it a habit. So we're open really late. Uh, we have a third day part with uh, about twenty five percent of our sales coming after ten o'clock, and probably every two or three weekends I'll go into our restaurants on a Saturday night and work from ten p.m. to two a.m. And, um, you know, you see a side of the business that you would never, you know, uh, mm -hmm. normally see. And that's uh, uh, something I encourage our team to do. We actually have regularly scheduled visits with restaurants where we just go in and we talk to guests. Um, 
you know, the operators let me uh, operate a cash register. That's about it. They don't let me cook too much, uh, too much food. Uh, and, um, you know, it's good to talk to guests and understand what's going on and see the dynamic. But, uh, yeah, it'll always give you a really good perspective. And um, uh, it's something that I, I try to try to embrace. Yeah. Did you did it? So it gave you a pretty good perspective on what what to expect when when it comes to delivery and. Yeah, delivery was uh, it was very interesting because uh, a, a smart delivery driver, uh, my trainer, uh, who actually was in the car with me, uh, Selma was her name, and uh, you know she was obviously a trainer, but she would order, you know, she would accept uh, deliveries uh, and then space them out, and she had a whole rationale of why she wouldn't do. Uh, there was a McDonald's delivery. There was something. There was a Chick-fil-A that came up, and she didn't want to do that because it wasn't a big ticket average. I mean, she had a whole system devised. And one of the things that I took away from that was uh, we actually made the experience for the for the delivery drivers more favorable at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, we decided to uh, let them cut the line if they were in uniform. Uh, you know, we we provided them drinks. Um, you know, we, we made a connection with uh, Favor and uh, told them about some of the easier ways in which they could pick up food. Um, so, yeah, it, it really gave me a good perspective uh, from the standpoint of understanding what a what a driver and and really what the, the the folks who are doing that as a profession or as a side hustle or as a side gig. Um, you know, it's 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 a totally different perspective and. Um, you know, it was it was very eye opening for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, um, yeah, it's, uh, um, you know, it's 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 really an interesting um, it's an interesting business, and and I, I think that restaurant chains, you know, do actually have to start thinking about um, about you know serving not just a customer but the delivery driver, uh, the person who is you know coming to pick up the food, and that's yeah. especially true with 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 restaurant chains that you know can expect to do a, a hefty portion of that. They they have to start doing things to get the driver to come to your restaurant. Yeah, you really want to make them. You know, you want to be on a first name basis. I'm always uh, I always feel good when a driver walks in and they know his or her name right off the bat. Someone at the counter just means that there's a rapport there, you know, the favorite driver or the Uber driver, whoever it is, you know, they're interacting with so many people. And, um, you know, there's just, there's, you just really have to think about that person as part of your team. Uh, and that's difficult sometimes, you know, sometimes we look at it as like, oh, you know, they're, they're not delivering the, the service, the quality that we really want. I mean, it, we just have to adapt to it. It's here to stay. It's not going anywhere. Um, you know, who would have thought three, four, five years ago that we would be having this conversation? Um, I mean, it is, I mean, like I said, it's just, it's such a huge impact to our, to our industry. I've just, I, I kind of sat back and realized, you know, the impact that it has and the disruption that it's created. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's sort of forced, and not just delivery, but just takeout in general, has forced restaurants to sort of completely rethink how they do business overall. And, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. No, yeah, it's been... Uh, you know, I can remember takeout was kind of an afterthought, you know, you mm-hmm. throw it in some styrofoam boxes and like, you know, okay, if somebody really wants to take it, go ahead. But now we're having, you know, we're testing all kinds of new packaging mm-hmm. and, and taco holders and, and how do we retain the heat? You know, I'm, I'm driving in a car 
in our, in our, with our packaging to see how far I can drive and the tacos still be warm. I mean, literally, we've got temps in there and we're, we're watching it to see how really? far out that we've got. But you have to. Mm-hmm. You have to take that sort of an approach, that tactical approach with your business um, to understand it or else you're going to say, oh, you know, yeah, it's fine 30 minutes. Have you ever had burgers and fries 30 minutes late? Forget it, hmm. you know? Um, you know, thankfully for us, tacos, you know, hold a little bit better. The heat's in the tortilla. Um, but yeah, there's certain tacos that I would not order, um, you know, and, and we've shied away from, I mean, look at the guest really wants it. We'll give it to them. But from a takeout standpoint and delivery standpoint, um, you know, our flour tortillas hold up better than our corn tortillas. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just a fact of life. Uh, the chicken and waffle taco that I talked about, it has a, uh, reduced maple syrup that will leak through and, and, and can, I can imagine. Know, yeah. It can make I a big mess imagine. after 30 mm-hmm. minutes. And so you have to think those things through and as operators and as restaurateurs, um, you know, whether you're, you're three restaurants or 3000 restaurants, somebody has got to be thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. That's a, that's an interesting point. And, uh, do you change the menu at all or do you do anything along those lines? Yeah. So we, uh, we have two menu changes a year. Uh, we have a, a very focused menu. We have about 20 tacos, uh, three sides. Um, so we, we've got a pretty limited menu. Uh, we change in the spring and in the summer and generally we'll swap out a, maybe a taco or two. Uh, we're testing right now uh, um, a cauliflower taco that uh, a beer battered cauliflower taco that we're considering mm. putting in in the spring. Uh, we've rolled out uh, grilled salmon before, uh, and and luckily for us, uh, you know we have this innovation pipeline uh, called the WTF, our weekly taco feature, mm-hmm. and it allows us to always be trying something different. So I mean, you know those are uh, those are new tacos that we're always looking at and trying and. Uh, um, you know, twice a year we'll change up the menu and, and, and put something different on. But, uh, you know, we try to stay, uh, we try to stay disciplined in our approach mm-hmm. and, um, you know, try to make, try to make smart decisions using analytics, guest feedback, and, uh, you know, always, always looking at costs. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, yeah. Gotta, gotta keep looking at the cost. Speaking of costs, how are, how, uh, what's your thoughts on labor right now? Labor is tough. Uh, labor continues to be a challenge for our, us and for the industry. Uh, luckily for us, um, we have uh, below average turnover rates uh, compared to other fast casual uh, concepts. Uh, we put a lot of emphasis on culture. We put a lot of um, a lot of focus on making it a fun place to work. Um, you know, we call it our tribe, and uh, you know we. Uh, uh, we have a saying where we want to liberate the senses. We want to create uh, Velvet Taco fanatics. Um, and uh, really, our, our people, we want them to be excited about coming to work every day. Uh, mm-hmm. We just opened a restaurant, and uh, we had six team members. We don't call them employees. We call them team members. Get the Velvet Taco tattoo uh, on their forearm, uh, on their shoulder. Uh, yeah. Um, really? Yeah, my, my wife is very concerned that I'm gonna uh, that I'm gonna have to do that eventually. Um, uh, it is a very fun group. Uh, we've got young, uh, very energetic uh, team members. Um, but uh, you know, from an industry standpoint, wages continue to go up. Um, you know, if 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 a line cook can make a dollar more down the street, a lot of times he or she'll just say, "Hey, I I'm sorry, I can't do anything else." And so. Um, I see that as a big challenge for us going forward. 
we are testing some kiosks in our restaurant, hmm. and uh, you know, I, I, I'm, <laughs> I, I, you know, I went into a, uh, a a McDonald's the other day, and uh, I don't normally do it, but I was on a road trip and uh, was hungry, and I wanted to see a kiosk. You know, there's something about talking to a person when you're placing your order versus uh, punching on a computer. Uh, there's something mm-hmm. about the interaction and our brand. Um, you know, you really want to ask, um, you know, what's a grilled portobello mushroom and what's it sauteed in the kiosk can't tell you that. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, you know, I think that, uh, labor will continue to be a challenge for our industry, for us. Um, you know, we just want to create a a fun atmosphere and, uh, a busy atmosphere, Mm -hmm. um, uh, with lots of guests coming through our doors. Um, but, uh, yeah, labor continues to be a challenge, I think. Yeah. I think a kiosk is vastly different at McDonald's than it would be at Velvet Taco. I'm not going up to the counter at McDonald's and saying, so uh, how was your Big Mac today? Could you tell us how that's prepared? <laughs> yeah, it's, um, yeah we, we've, we've discussed it and talked about it. I think there's a, there's a fine line between getting too carried away with technology and mm-hmm. uh, the ability to provide um, you know, food. But you know, within the restaurants, we're always looking at uh, opportunities. A lot of of what we do is hand done. Uh, all of our fruit is brought in fresh. Uh, nothing is, um, nothing in our restaurants uh, we bring in and it's not processed. Uh, we bring in fresh corn and shuck it, cut it, grill it. Um, you know, we, we hand press our tortillas. Uh, prep in the morning includes uh, grilling portobello, portobello mushrooms and pineapple. And so, you know, there's uh, other efficiencies within the kitchen in ways that we're going to continue to look at ways that, uh, you know, we can be more efficient with our labor hours. Mm-hmm. So um, how about real estate? What's uh, what, what are you seeing out there? Uh, expensive real estate, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, in big cities like Dallas, uh, Houston, Atlanta, and some of the other uh, more up-and-coming, even Austin, Charlotte, um, real estate prices continue to go up. Um, you know, it's been like 10 years of just a boom, yeah. uh, it feels. Uh, I keep waiting for something to, to crack. Uh, but um, we're finding that landlords are being more stringent. They're being uh, more adamant in their demands, whether it's the size of a pole sign or whether it's the landscaping or, you know, how much TI they're going to offer. Um, that is probably the one area that really, uh, concerns me going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, finding great sites, uh, our average unit volume is north of $4 million per restaurant. So we are looking for main and main, uh, sites. We are looking for, um, you know, we're generally around 2,500 square feet, uh, but we have very unique restaurants. Um, you know, they're, they're not cookie cutter. Every restaurant's unique and different. Uh, but the real estate market is tough. A lot of competitors out there, banks. Uh, we just got uh, a site taken that I thought we had locked up because a bank came in and paid what they were asking, no TI, and they offered even another $200,000 on top of it. I mean, I just can't afford it. So mm-hmm. um, real estate is probably the, the area that's uh, challenging, to say the least. Wow, so you lost a site to a bank. We lost a site to a bank. I don't know why they would rather have money than tacos, but, uh, you know, 
get it. Well, if they don't have to pay TI, I guess that would probably make. Yeah, it. you know they. Uh, I'm not quite sure how. I haven't been in a bank for years. I don't understand how banks, uh, you yeah. know, can afford some of these prices. But uh, you know, it was a busy corner. Had a, a drive-through that now people are going to drive through and pick up their money instead of their tacos. So uh, shame for them. Have you found uh, real estate easier at all as you've grown and become more known at all? I mean, is that, uh, has that changed? Yeah, um, that, that's helped also as we've grown and we've gotten a little bit more, um, you know, kind of brand awareness. Uh, landlords understand who we are. Big development groups are now seeking us out. Um, you know, we'll go to ICSC or other uh, events and people know who we are. You know, they know that we've got a late night component uh, our restaurants are fun and funky and, and um, eclectic in de- its mm-hmm. design. Uh, so landlords are seeking us out and uh, they'll say, oh, yeah, I've heard of you, whether they're big developers that have multiple projects in, other, in multiple cities. Um, but that, that's been helpful. Um, it's, it's always nice to be a, a little wanted, but, uh, you know, you always got to be cautious. Uh, Clay, this was uh, fantastic. Appreciate you joining us this week on the podcast. Well, thank you, Jonathan. I'm an avid listener, and uh, I appreciate it. And uh, thank you so much. And that does it for this week's edition of A Deeper Dive, which, as always, was edited by Christine Cawthon. Artwork by Nico Hines and Sarah Stewart. You can find this and other episodes on our website at www.restaurantbusinessonline.com backslash article backslash deeper dash dive. You can also find them on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, and Spotify. I'm Jonathan Mays, your host, podcast producer, and the executive editor of Restaurant Business Magazine. Thank you for listening.